Welcome to the Colorado Bar Association's Modern Law Revolution podcast. I am Erica Holmes, uh, one of your co-hosts today and founder of Yale Holmes Legal Solution, a modern law practice focusing on family law and attorney ethics and regulation. I am the inaugural chair of the CBA's um, Modern Law Practice Initiative. Now we'll turn over to Ms. Lauren, our other co-host for today. Hi everyone, I am Lauren Lester, founder of Lester Law, a family law practice and co-founder of On Purpose Legal Network. I am a past chair of the CBA's Modern Law Practice Initiative and very excited to be co-hosting today. So let's jump into the uh, today's episode, um, which is on marketing for the modern lawyer. So as with everything modern law, uh, marketing for the modern lawyer is customizable. Um, We've talked in previous episodes, um, I'm going to plug the four pillars of modern law, empowerment, focus, technology, and value. And these are the basic tenets of modern representation, but how you incorporate them into your practice is completely up to you. So the same thing holds true with marketing. Um, Today, our very special guest, Miranda Vieira, is going to introduce you to some basic concepts with marketing um, to help you develop your marketing plan, but how you implement that plan is going to be all up to you. So um, as an example of this, that things, marketing can be done in a very different way. Um, Lauren and I, we're both practice family law, right? Um, But we have very different interests, personalities, strengths, and comfort levels that has gone into shaping some very different marketing strategies. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my um, marketing story, um, which unfortunately starts off with the fact that I didn't know Miranda when I started off, which would have been really, really helpful. So I kind of had to make it up a bit as I went along. And the the difficulty with um, family law is that you can't really target your demographic. Um, I mean, maybe people that are, you know, couples that are arguing when they're walking down the street, you can hand out your card. But other than that, you pretty much have to wait for people to um, hear your name at the right time. So um, my marketing marketing strategy or philosophy, and actually I I really do um, believe in this and promote it today, um, is that go with what's most natural for you, but not necessarily what's most comfortable for you. So when I was developing my marketing plan, I thought about, you know, what comes most naturally to me. um, And the first thing was talking, Um, but talking and volunteering. Those were two things that came very naturally to me. In those areas, I started where I was most comfortable. So for example, with talking, I just started to talk to everybody I knew. When I opened my firm, um, I did a launch party, obviously with people that I knew um, that, you know, I'm out there and what I was doing and how I was doing things different. Um, And that was a very comfortable place for me to start. And then um, I started to um, talk to people that I hadn't connected with in a long time, like going back to like when I clerked at Denver District Court, reach out, have coffee with these people, again, just to get my name out there. Um, Then I went into my uncomfortable zone which was talking to people that I don't know. And I just started talking to everybody, bank tellers, stylists, doctors, you know, anybody that would make an introduction. I was um, more than happy to tell them, you know, what I was up to. And, um, and, and all of these different things actually turned into referrals. And with the stylist one, I, got, I asked this woman who I was talking with who just hired me and I said, oh, you know, can I ask you um, where you got my name from? And she said, oh, she goes, you know, Jimmy, I have no idea, (laughs) Jimmy. I'm like, oh, okay, well, Jimmy who? And she's just like, Jimmy, our stylist. I'm like, well, well, my stylist is Emily. Oh, no, 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 it's Jimmy. 
So I'm like, okay, we'll go with Jimmy. So Jimmy, whoever you're out there, the stylist, thank you for the referral. I appreciate it. Anyway, this talking um, that I was doing, um, turning into speaking, um, which believe it or not, is really uncomfortable for me um, to do any type of public speaking. But I started in a more comfortable zone where um, like joining the CBA's MLPI or like-minded committees and organizations. Then I started talking on the committees and then I started to speak with smaller groups. Like even, you know, um, before she was Justice Hart, um, when she was Professor Hart up at CU, um, Lauren and I actually did a presentation to her Access to Justice class, got a referral out of that. Well, apparently um, law students um, need to get divorced too. So all of these things just turned into referrals. And then I started doing CLEs and then the name got out there even more. And then we started a podcast. So, you know, again, these were just things that um, talking came naturally to me, but not necessarily the other things that came comfortably, but they all ended up in different referrals. So, um, and then the, the, similarly with volunteering, when I started my firm, I didn't have a ton of time, or I didn't have a ton of clients. So with my extra time, I started doing some pro bono volunteering, Project Safeguard, MVL. These turned into, um, with Project Safeguard, like, you know, a contract employment. I ended up on the referral lists. Um, I also love to do clinics, but, um, you know, going outside that comfort zone, not necessarily clinics I was familiar with, like the Denver Indian Clinic. Um, but again, like these all, turned into different types of referrals. To continue on with the with what's natural but not necessarily what's comfortable, um, so technology, not natural to me whatsoever. I think we've discussed this before on the podcast. Um, however, I do know that there are some basics that one has to have. And Miranda, I'm sure, is going to go into this one in terms of at least having a website, you know, contact information like on Avo or ratings and Google. And I guess because Avo's out, or again, Miranda's going to cover that. But anyway, um, so I knew I needed to have some basics when this doesn't come naturally to me. But the natural uncomfortable still applies. So, like, for example, with my website, when I first started off, it had that nice under construction banner on it for, oh, I don't know, a good nine months probably. Lauren, you helped me with my website. I think it was about that long because this was not coming to me comfortably or naturally. But then I was saying something to, um, to a friend and I was just like, I have a huge block. I can't do this. And she's like, well, she's like, you don't do anything else like anyone, like, like anyone else does it. So why does your website have to be like everyone does it? Because I was getting overwhelmed with having to do blog posts and all this other kind of stuff. So I'm like, well, there, that's a really good point. So I just made a website that was more like me. It's really simple, but it gets the basics out there. So again, I went with, you know, I got to what, what I was comfortable with. Anyway, um, that is my marketing kind of philosophy strategy and the plan and how I implemented it. But speaking of technology, Lauren, why don't you tell us your story when it comes to marketing? Sure. So uh, like you, I relied in the beginning on what I was most comfortable with and what I knew. So coming from the web development space, that's where I started. I knew how to build a website. I knew what SEO was. I knew the importance of blogs and how to sort of make Google somewhat your friend, although they tend to change their rules uh, quite often. And so that's where I started. I really focused on developing my website. I added a blog. Um, I really tried to make it informational for the consumer. Everything that I try and do in terms of marketing is 
um, consumer focused and is usually has them first in mind, but providing a bunch of information on the website also has the added bonus of all of those juicy keywords and Google content that they're constantly indexing. And so it very quickly um, allowed my website to, to reach up in the rankings because unfortunately a lot of legal businesses and lawyers don't focus on that. Uh, it's not in their normal wheelhouse. So being able to come in from that angle was really helpful. Um, so I get most of my um, new leads at this point through Google searches, um, constantly looking at what those search keywords are and tweaking the website to accommodate those. Along a similar line, social media is also something that I was comfortable with. So getting my name out there and presence, I don't get so many clients from there, but it does just sort of add to that robust online presence. And I do some speaking as well. I started um, like Erica in committees and different presentations with the bar, uh, but that has also led to creating some video content for the both the practice itself for providing clients with information, but also to potential clients and just putting videos up on YouTube. Um, I deeply believe, and I'm sure Miranda can speak to this, that video is sort of where things are going um, in terms of marketing. Uh, and so really, if it's something that you're comfortable with um, getting on kind of that video train, it's really easy to do uh, and can create a lot of value for both the business and the consumer. And then along those same lines and in terms of speaking was really just creating community. I'm new to Colorado. I'm a transplant. I went to law school in Atlanta and I'm from Florida. So when I moved here after graduating and passing the bar, I didn't know anyone. So I didn't have the blessing and luxury that Erica had of knowing all these folks to be able to tell. So I had to come up with a creative way to get my name out there in this community. So starting with local bar events and joining committees, just sort of chatting with folks. The community in Colorado is so welcoming um, and so friendly that it was pretty easy to do even for an introvert like myself. And so I just created that community, both in joining those um, different uh, spaces and those groups, and then also creating a more national one with On Purpose Legal Network, where we do a similar thing and chat with each other and share these ideas and talk about, you know, how we can build our practices in ways that support the lives we want to live. So all of that and all of those different um, spokes of the wheel, I think all contribute to um, marketing and just getting my name out there and, and how I want to practice. Well, and um, so everybody knows an, an amazing website to look at. Um, <laughs> can you share us what, with um, everyone what your website is? Oh, sure. It's mylifelawyer.com. And um, kind of going outside that comfort zone, you've added a lot of things to websites that most lawyers don't have on theirs. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And yeah, so um, any new potential client can schedule their consultation uh, immediately on the site. It links with my calendar so that I can limit the availability and I don't get overbooked. Um, I also have a whole section about pricing and services. So all of my pricing is right there for everyone to see and, and potential clients can kind of get a sense of what might work for them. Uh, and then I think a lot of the stuff that's really basic is like I was talking about just information. Um, there's a lot of posts and information about what is child support and 
why do we go to district court for family law versus county court? I mean, just really basic information, um, like I mentioned, was good for the consumer. They could see that I was willing to educate them so that they felt comfortable going through this process, but it's also really rich, juicy keyword SEO um, content. And so Google really soaked that up because it's just unfortunately not um, very prevalent on other law sites. Well, I know our stories are just amazingly fascinating to everyone, but uh, let's turn over to our um, speaker, which we <laughs> both wish we had known um, when we started off. Um, so um, just to give you some backgrounds um, on her marvelousness. Um, so Miranda is the owner of Denver Legal Marketing, which was founded to bring the value of 21 years of Colorado law with years of experience in high-level high-impact legal marketing to solo practitioners and law firms. Um, just a few of her accomplishments, um, in which <laughs> there are a lot. Um, she was a finalist in 2020 for Outstanding Women in Business with the Denver Business Journal um, and receiving the 2020 Outstanding Corporate Commitment Award from the Colorado Hispanic Bar Association. Um, and in, 19, I'm sorry, in 2019, she was named one of the top 100 young professionals in Colorado um, through the Gen XYZ Awards um, from the Colorado Biz Magazine. And in that same year, um, she was named one of the top 25 most powerful women in Colorado by the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce. Um, she has also been named in the 40 Under 40 um, by the Denver Business Journal and is a top 10 alum of the past. Um, decade by the MSU Denver Alumni Association. And um, she, in her spare time, um, created and taught the uh, first legal marketing class at the undergraduate level in the country um, this year. So um, with all of that, um, I introduce and thank um, so much for coming onto our show, Miss. Um, Miranda Vieira. Thank you so much, Erica and Lauren. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So Miranda, I think where we'll start is when folks hear the word marketing in the legal profession, whether they're lawyers or, um, you know, paralegals who are running the firm or have been tasked with marketing, um, it's often overwhelming or scary, just that word in itself. So how do you help your clients get over the fear of marketing being this big behemoth that they have to tackle? So a lot of it goes back to what you and Erica just shared about your own journeys. Um, you know, you do have to kind of make space where you feel comfortable. Um, I think that marketing doesn't really have to be a scary thing. I think with my clients kind of uh, reverse engineering their goals is one of the things that I help them with initially of just what type of um, law firm do you want? Clients do you want to serve? Problems do you want to take care of? Maybe it's a lifestyle balance. Um, you know, I think having a plan and then having accountability to stick to it is, is really one of the biggest ways that I help to demystify what marketing looks like for lawyers. Uh, I also think that just, and I come into this with solo practitioners quite a bit, I think just having a person um, on your side on your team to run ideas by where it's a safe place. Mar marketing's pretty vulnerable because you're talking about, you know, what, what you want in the future and you definitely don't want to be um, 
laughed at or shunned or anything like that. And so just being able to have a safe person to run ideas by actually gives a lot of people, um, I guess, an enjoyment, energy. Those are probably good words for that. Um, I think the final area that I help them kind of remove the fear from marketing um, through is, is really just focusing on the benefits. So, you know, it's the same thing. And I tell my clients this, you know, if, if you and I went to the gym every single week for four hours a week, one year from now, we would look a lot different. And it is no different than flexing your, your marketing muscles. It's, you know, if you commit to it and you work at it, you're going to have that six pack. <laughs> That's what we all want. A six right? pack of marketing. I love it. <laughs> So in, in terms of marketing, I think the word branding gets thrown around a lot. And, and for a lot of folks, it may feel like that's something that Coca-Cola or Google have to deal with, right? They, they have a brand. But in what you were just saying, sort of thinking about goals and reverse engineering and where do you want to get to, would you say that law firms have a brand and whether they know it or not? And how do they think about what branding is for themselves? Yeah, I think that, that that is kind of a um, a myth that small law firms don't need a brand or don't need to spend any time when it comes to branding themselves. And I think that's, that's a huge mistake. Um, I think branding for law firms will look different than it does for Coca-Cola or Starbucks or something like that, clearly. Uh, for, for everyone listening, for any lawyer, regardless if you work for yourself or you work for somebody else, your personal brand is basically a blend of your skills, your experience, and also your personality. So these are kind of the three areas that feed into each other. And uh, once all of this is talking, it should really support your mission. So why are you doing all this stuff? Is it because you just you know love helping families in transition? Do you love helping people out of debt, maybe you're a bankruptcy lawyer. I mean, you really want your brand to support your mission. Um, I, think, I think that uh, a small law firm um, can come at branding pretty easily. I, I, I love it because it's in their control. Uh, once they kind of figure out succinctly who they are and who they want to be, which is all branding is, um, what they want to be known for, what their values are, things like that, it actually helps to um, it helps to kind of guide you through the next steps. So it pretty clearly tells you um, who your target audience should be. For instance, uh, it also informs your assets. Like, you know, uh, what should your logo look like? What should be on your business cards? What's on your website? All of that um, is made a lot easier when you actually know who you are and who you want to be, where you're going. So. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer, but but I do um, I do have to have this conversation a lot. So I'm glad you're bringing it up. Do you have to be creative when it comes to branding? Like if uh, the lawyer, I mean, that that just might not be their their forte. It might not be coming, you know, naturally to them to be creative when it comes to a brand. Do you have to have a creative mind to even start this? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think that, you know the majority of the audience uh, will be entrepreneurial and kind of thinking outside the box anyway. So my guess is this is already squarely within your skill set. You just don't realize it. You know, you, and you can even start differently from it rather than what do you want to be? How about what you don't want to be? 
You know, if you don't want to be working 80 hours a week, you don't want to be billing in a certain way, things like that. Um, all of these things just really guide you toward succinctly being able to tell people what you're about. And that's basically what it is. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes on branding uh, comes from the founder of Amazon. And he says, you know, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And that is so true. What do they say? Do they know what type of lawyer you are? Do they know, um, you know, maybe you have, you know, distinct aspects about your practice, distinct skills. Um, maybe you help in a certain way. You know, you, you can control all of this. And I, you know, I don't think it takes a ton of creativity. I, what I think it takes is a little bit of soul searching and kind of quiet time to just map out what kind of business, what kind of um, lawyer, you know, what kind of professional do you want to be? Well, besides creativity, does it take a lot of money to do all this? <laughs> um, it depends. So it's certainly a DIY thing. It's probably part and it should be part of your initial, your initial business plan. If you intend to have your own business, you should have all of this written down. Um, you know, and hopefully it's in, it's in some sort of usable format where you can actually put it on your website where it, you know, it inform you have your mission statement or kind of what guides your law from your values on your website. And I don't think that takes a ton. That doesn't take a ton of um, money. What it, what it really takes is time. Um, I think that this is something that you, if you just feel stuck, because I think a lot of people do get stuck on this stuff. And, and I feel like um, a lot of my clients almost get too far into their head. Um, they just think too much about it, if that makes sense, where, you know, some of these things could be really easy, but they have overcomplicated it so much that it ends, up it ends up being really helpful to take it to a third party like me and say, what do you think about this? So yeah, I, it doesn't have to take a ton of, of money. I, I don't cost a ton of money, um, you know, but, but there certainly are lots of consultants that, you know, will do it all for you. And beyond overthinking it, which I think lawyers, we probably all do. That's probably a common pit, pitfall of all of us. Are there others that you see folks um, run into just sort of a common pitfall that, you know, lawyers think they have to spend $10,000 on marketing or they overthink it, or they think that it needs to look just like the other personal injury lawyers. What are some common things you find that folks are trying to do that, that you sort of steer them in a different direction? Well, that's a great question. So I think one of the biggest uh, is that they feel like they're too busy to market. I don't need to market because I'm busy. Well, what ends up happening with that is you, you look up after being so busy for the last five years and then, and then like that, your phone stops ringing because marketing actually isn't about right now. Marketing is to keep your pipeline moving. So, so you don't have low moments in your business. So I think that's number one is, is that they feel like they don't need to market. Uh, you know, number two would be that they say they, they hate marketing, <laughs> um, which I feel like, uh, I get, uh, you know, but I really do think that, that if you feel like you hate marketing, you might be looking at it the wrong way. Um, you have to build your business, whether you work for somebody else or you work for yourself. Uh, no one is going to keep you fat and fed. Um, so you either, you either, you know, you either do it or you hire somebody to do it for you, or the, I believe those to be kind of the two solutions to that problem. And then finally, um, 
I think what I come across a lot is that, that people kind of get stuck in their ways. So I think that actually goes back to what you were saying of what you feel comfortable with. But, but what ends up happening is that if you don't try something new, the world moves on without you. So like you were talking about video, uh, video makes a ton of people really squeamish, you know, just to be recorded for it to be possibly transcribed or played back or something. I mean, there are so many nerves associated with being, um, on live camera, but, but you're right. That is how people are consuming legal services in business to business and business to consumer practice areas. So you are either, um, on board with it, uh, or, or you're left behind. And, and I think, um, you can find a place where you're comfortable, even with new technology, um, new photos, new websites, all these things. Um, you, you can find your comfort level in new ways. Besides video, do you see any other trends coming down the pipe that, you know, in the next one to two years is kind of where marketing is going or the tech is going that we should be looking out for? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was going this way anyway, but I think that, that the COVID situation that we're all facing this year has really forced a lot of lawyers um, who are used to being out in the community, shaking hands, kissing babies, having coffee with everybody, all of that looks differently right now. And so we ha we are having to find creative ways to stay top of mind and, um, you know, just kind of present, I guess, in, in our referral networks, you know, uh, also in, you know, our clients kind of sphere. So uh, to me, social media makes us super easy for, for everyone. So I'm seeing a big spike in interest from lawyers um, that previously would have, wouldn't have dared. You know, that was just not something they're interested in. They don't want to engage in that, but now they're understanding that um, we have to find different ways right now. So social media, video, um, I think those are probably the two biggest ones um, at the moment, along with, along with, um, you know, making sure that your law firm has some sort of community commitment. People are consuming in, in a way different way right now. If you think about Tom's shoes, it's just a pair of shoes, but they match one-to-one -one with a family in need. How can lawyers kind of, how can you learn from that and make sure that there's some sort of community aspect to everything that you're doing? Uh, so those would be my three ideas on that. Well, now that you have everyone super sites go out and do their marketing, yay! Um, what are three things um, that our listeners can do today to start their marketing um, strategy plan? What do you or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I think two kind of two things to put a little bit of energy um, into your marketing right now. You can update your your biography right now. That is that is by hands down um, your law firm website biography um, is is usually the most visited page on your website right right near or behind your home page um, because people choose lawyers they don't choose law firms so making sure that your biography is updated at least once a quarter I, I update I update mine you know as new information comes in but I'm kind of a nut about that stuff um, at least once a quarter, make sure that your website bio, kind of all your bios are updated with your new, um, you know, awards, with your new speaking engagements, any sort of new, maybe wins or practice areas, things like that. Um, and on that note, Miranda, just to jump in, would you recommend 
if someone updates their bio on their website, can they take that same exact copy and put it on LinkedIn or do you recommend tweaking it or how do we not feel like we have to reinvent the wheel, you know, for all of these different um, avenues? Cause that can feel overwhelming. I can't, you know, I can. And so, um, it's hard because you want the most original content to go on your website. So, so your website isn't penalized for it being copied content in any way ever. So if you're going to put original, new, brand new, shiny content, go on your website. Um, usually that you can probably take aspects of that and put it on like an AVO or something like that, where it doesn't penalize you in particular. Um, for your LinkedIn biography, that, that's an altogether different set. Uh, that's, a di that's a different exercise entirely. So any lawyer's LinkedIn biography needs to be in first person. So if I am looking at Lauren's LinkedIn biography, her LinkedIn biography does not need to go through where I went to law school, why I became a lawyer, all that type of stuff. It needs to be, uh, it needs to be addressed to me as your potential client that's on LinkedIn in a professional, you know, kind of way and also your referral sources. So how do you take care of people that, that other people that matter to your, your network? Um, these are the things that need to be on your LinkedIn profile. So it's going to look way different than your website biography because it's a sales tool. Um, but number one, update your website bios would be something it's going to take you probably 30 minutes and just calendar it. So you keep doing that. Um, number two, it takes you probably two seconds to send a thank you note uh, to someone that has referred a case to you, maybe a thank you note to a previous client of saying, hey, it was a, it was a pleasure working with you. I know the circumstances sucked, but you were awesome. And, uh, you know, referrals are, are the lifeblood of my small business. I would, I would appreciate and take good care of anybody you send my way. Um, and probably the third thing that you could do, and this is going to take a little bit more time, maybe an hour or so, is to write a, a long form article on LinkedIn. And the reason I say that and I keep kind of banging the LinkedIn drum is because 90% of the lawyers in our country have LinkedIn profiles. That is one of the easiest ways to get referrals to your practice. And when you write a long form article on LinkedIn, it goes out way beyond the people you're connected with. It's, it's keyword searchable. It's, it's just, you know, one more Google search on you and how you do things better or differently. So those are my three ideas. And I am noticing that they don't cost much <laughs> for three ideas. So you can get on them and not spend a lot of, um, a lot of money, but um, just a little bit of time. So, um, so Miranda, with um, all the wisdom that you shared with us today, I know that there's a lot more um, for you to share. How would our listeners um, contact you um, since you are made for the modern lawyer? <laughs> so uh, probably the easiest way to find me always is through my website. I, uh, and my website is, is my search terms, denverlegalmarketing.com. Uh, the, the second probably easiest way to contact me always is through LinkedIn. I, I check my messages. I accept requests from people that, that I might not know now, but I might be able to help later. So those are the two ways. Wonderful. Well, I'm um, sure that you're going <laughs> to get lots and lots of calls um, because the information that you shared today has just been so helpful. Um, so I'm going to um, 
wrap things up today um, with asking both Miranda and Lauren, um, because I know that you, uh, Lauren is also an avid re reader on the marketing topic. Um, what are the top two to three resources um, that you would recommend um, that people check out to get into their marketing? All right. So mine are um, a little bit of a two for one. So Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller is a book that I read years ago. Um, he has a companion one now to it um, that is called Marketing Made Simple. And he offers really practical, like almost by the, the um, to-do list uh, advice for how to create a marketing vision like Miranda was talking about, figure out what your goals are, how you want to be known, and then how to implement and write that in on your website or on any other marketing collateral. So there's both the book, which is building a story brand. And then he has a phenomenal podcast that's by the same name where he takes little bits and pieces of marketing in general and talks to folks who have their own small businesses and how are they implementing them. And it's just really great wealth of ideas um, and just really simple tactical knowledge. So I love his approach. Um, and then my other resource is not a specific one, but it's just kind of what Miranda hinted at was look at other companies and brands that you love that are maybe not in the legal space and try and think about why you love it. Is it because they send an email to thank you for coming to the hair salon? Like Miranda said, that's a great, take that idea and do that for your consumers. Um, or is it, you know, way that they make you feel or the way that their uh, marketing looks or whatever it may be, um, take uh, stock and take ideas and adapt them to your own practice and your own business. But that's a, a great way that I found is just kind of looking around and seeing what others are doing um, and sort of taking, pulling those threads into my practice has been a really great resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, when it, I, I am an avid reader, uh, basically on books that relate to having a healthy, uh, and happy business. And so um, I read a ton of books that have nothing to do with owning a law firm or, you know, being in the legal industry, um, but they have a huge impact on the type of, of business that you create. I think a lot of lawyers forget this, this is a business, you know, and, and there's a lot of information out there to help you be a good business owner. Um, so my, my kind of two resources on that my two favorite books, um, number one is The Blue Ocean Strategy, which, you know, in a five, set, a five word, you know, or so summary is just look for where the sharks are not, you know, so look, develop a niche, kind of figure out where the water's clearer, where there's less competition and then, and then go there. Uh, the second one would be The Checklist Manifesto. This was written by um, Atul Gawande. He is a um, heart surgeon. And so again, nothing to do with lawyers and nothing to do with, with really anything related to law. But what he talks about is that even people at his level make mistakes and uh, being able to have a checklist because everyone forgets things and, and just being able to have a system and a checklist for pretty much everything, make sure that, that you don't drop the ball, even when you're busy, even when you've got other things going on. And I, I believe in checklists. I believe in making systems and processes. So those are my two kind of ideas off the top of my head. Those are awesome. I now have two new books for my ever-growing reading list. Those are great. Thanks, Miranda. 
Yeah, no, you should listen to, I listen to all my books um, and they're fast. They're so fast. You'll, you'll like them. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, checklist for lawyers. I think that you just got a, a big fan base right there, Miranda, since they seem to go hand in hand. So um, thank you so much for joining us today and um, giving everyone some good things to think about and also some practical things that they can do right away. Um, it's just been a pleasure talking and learning from you today. Well, thank you so much. I should mention, I have I actually have all of those resources on my website. I've, I probably should have mentioned that a whole list of things that, of books that lawyers can use to become better as business owners, not just in marketing, but just in general. Um, but thank you so much, Erica. And thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate it. We appreciate you. And um, I'm going to end this with a recommendation myself for, um, for a resource, which is the How to Start a Revolution Helpline. Um, if you have any questions for our presenters or topics that you'd like to be covered in the podcast, just give us a call at the Revolution Hotline and leave us a message. We will actually play your question on the next podcast um, so you get your 15 seconds of fame um, and provide you with an answer. So make sure to leave your name, the name of your firm or organization, so everyone one who know who their fellow revolutionaries are. The phone number is 303-824-5399. And once again, that's 303-824-5399. Um, it is also posted on the CBA's MLPI community page. So welcome to the revolution. You've got questions, we've got answers. So um, that's it for this episode. Um, the MLPI thanks you for joining us and joining the revolution.